Welcome to the Voices of the Potomac podcast by the Meeting Professionals International Potomac Chapter. On our twice-monthly podcast, you will hear from MPI chapter and global leaders, as well as industry experts speaking on all things related to meetings and events. Our podcasts are released on the first and third Wednesday of each month, so set those reminders and be in the know. Really excited to have AZ back with us again. We uh, Last week's or two weeks ago, our podcast was on knowing your place and, and learning when you are ready to be a leader. Dr. AZ has a Amazon number one bestseller, Overcoming First-Timers Syndrome. He's an author, a service leader, a coach, a facilitator, serving corporate, association, and government entities in the United States and overseas. You've had a what sounds like a pretty amazing career. You've, you know, you were saying earlier you you do a lot of this in Africa and um, all over the country. How did you get into this? What what sort of got you along the path? Uh, thanks, Troy. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity. I'm glad that I'm back. This is a very long story, but I want to make it very short. It's to do with my passion. I have a passion to serve others. And one area I could serve is empowering leaders. I have been a leader. I was a youth leader, student leader, business leader, and also a learning professional leader. Therefore, this is the area where I wanna really serve others, uh, both in the United States and uh, around the world. I love that. I love that, giving back. Um, so my background's in motion picture production. Loved it. That was my dream from when I was about six or seven years old. I wanted to be on the on the directing and behind the camera side, and I got to do that. I, I've done a little bit of everything. And one of the things I think I shared with you early on when we were we were starting to plan for these podcasts. Um, and again, those that are listening, this is this is podcast number two with AZ. Um, the first one was how to know when you're a leader. This one's about delivering results and being a leader. And my story of leadership happened when I was about 20 or 21 years old. I was working in motion pictures. It was, I'd been in the industry, gotten out of film school, been in the industry for about a year. And we had a movie that we were working on and it was the middle of winter. It was horrible. It was in the Pacific Northwest. It was snowing and raining and cold. The, the production company that was producing the, the event for a larger studio went under it with one more day to film. The, the, the company closed. And it was a union production and everybody wanted to walk off the show. I, I realized that, you know, we, we've been filming this for 60 days or two months. And if we don't finish this last day, it, I knew that it was gonna be an excuse for the studio or, the, or this company to not pay us our last paycheck. But if we finished the day, we would probably get our last week of, of pay. And so I was in that tent shivering 20 or 21 years old and convincing everyone that we had to do this. And I had enough of the crew come together that we finished filming that night. Um, in the weeks following, the months following, we ended up getting paid, ended up that the producers from that show, those executive producers, went on to Disney and they, they called me up and asked me to be the lighting designer for the movie. I was 21 years old and I said, thank you so much, but I absolutely cannot do this. <laughs> I'm not ready. I don't have the experience, et cetera, et cetera. And they said, we'll do whatever it takes. We're going to you know, make sure you're well taken care of, giving you a mentor. We're going to put all the pieces in place. And, and I just decided on the spot that I was just going to hire the best in the industry. They backed that up with, with the money it took to do that. And I was probably the lowest paid 
leader um, of, of the, the lighting department um, on, a, on a Disney movie ever because I just wanted everybody else to be the stars. And from that point, that was it. At that age, at that point, um, that I, I built my own company, worked on nothing but movies as, as a lead position, as a producer, a director, a camera operator um, for years to come until I switched over into live events. But that's my story. That's, that's how the leadership thing happened for me and, um, and encouraged me. And, and I had the right people to, to help get me to that spot. And so that rolls us into delivering results. Um, you know, being able to pull all these people that like 20 years old, these, these union members are 40, 50 years old, listening to this kid, trying to convince them to stay in there and, and get this done. Um, Share a little bit about what leadership and delivering results looks like. Definitely. First of all, I want to acknowledge you and you've done a wonderful job by stepping up. You have this story because you took risk and we talked about leadership is about being courageous. And also one important thing I want to mention is that great leaders are made during crisis. Think about the pandemic. Whenever oh, such we, a good point. Yeah. yeah. Whenever we have a crisis, believe me, we're going to have great leaders coming because great leaders, they step up when they are needed. When everybody is afraid, when everybody is having excuses, when everybody is going back and stand at the back, true leaders, they step up to take lead. And we have seen in this pandemic, new leaders emerging. Actually, research shows that whenever we have such a global crisis or national crisis, the next, the next thing you know, some who didn't have the, the ability to lead or those who failed to work on their leadership, they may go bankrupt, unable to handle the leadership, they go down. On the other hand, those who have been working on themselves and preparing themselves and proactive, when a crisis comes, they fly like you know, like eagle. You know, eagle. They they are happy when there is a storm because it takes them high and high and high. And if you see a, an eagle flying high, you don't need to worry about which bird it is. You know, it's an eagle. Yeah. Therefore, true leaders are made during crisis, and you made yourself out of that crisis. One thing I want to point out is that when you find yourself, you're young, uh, maybe an emerging leader, an emerging leader, an experienced, you got the opportunity or somebody put you into a leadership position. Yes, the next thing you have to think about is delivering results. Unfortunately, you individually, you are too insignificant, too small, too insufficient to deliver great results. You have to bring the best. And I was surprised that at that age, you knew the game, which means you brought the best into your team. And then you created the environment for them. Because think about this, when you are an employee, just a member, you, you're responsible only to deliver your own quota, your own responsibility. But when they promoted you, even if they don't tell you about it, they're expecting you to create a more successful performers like yourself. And your success is measured based on the success and the productivity of the team. And you cannot achieve that 
without having that team. But the problem for first timers, especially like in your case where you have people older, experienced than yours, it's intimidating. That's why the third antidote in my book is build your team. And I talked about what can, what to do to recruit people, how to build your team in terms of taking them off, off site, having regular team building exercises, coaching them, mentoring them, creating the environment for them. And also I talked about how to deliver results. I gave them some tools and so on. But you're right. Once you are in the place, once you know your place, once you're promoted, the next thing is you have to deliver. If you don't deliver, the people who promoted you, they're going to question their decision. Oh my gosh, we shouldn't promote him or her because you're not delivering. You're not delivering, maybe not because you don't have the skills, maybe the, 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 the competency, the quality. It could be because you're just promoted and you may be buying time just to be certain, but don't make that mistake. The moment you promote it, you don't have time. They may give you a couple of weeks, but you have to jump in, deliver results and become successful. In that case, you cement your success and you become successful because you're delivering real results right out of the gate. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one thing I thought while you were saying it, while you were sharing that, um, is that, you know, you can't really be in a silo. We talk about, you know, these, these sort of roles where you're just, you're, you're sort of sequestered, especially in this the pandemic world of where we're all working from home. You've, you've got to be careful not to be too siloed and, and not be afraid to be outside your lane and involve other people and bring people in together and 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 gather the troops when it when it's needed. It's so easy to fall into that rut. What can you share that that would allow somebody who's you know maybe a good leader but can't lead really well without having everybody in the room with them about being able to keep keep people moving forward or projects moving forward, being a leader um, when you're not in the room with everybody. This is very important. You mentioned about silo. Then naturally, organizations, teams, they tend to have this silo structurally by default because you have a team, a team of finance people, team of IT, and so on. But great leaders, they always make sure that they cross borders. They create this inter-team biosis or symbiosis where they cross-pollinate with other teams. Because for you to be successful, think about this. In a, in a given organization, your team in the, in the island by itself cannot succeed. You have to really go beyond your team to cross-pollinate with others, share what you have, and create that cohesion. To do that, you have to, first of all, believe. You have to have the mindset that the 21st century, especially in the situation we are here in the pandemic, you cannot be successful in isolation. Second, you have to really know what you want, what you have also to give to others and what you need from others. You have to sit down and make sure that you create that win-win kind of coalition and partnership with others. If you do that, you could multiply the limited resources that you have and the the limited number of people that are working with you. I love that. What is there and sort of as you're talking about these islands and sort of like the the, the cross pollination. Love that term. Um, you're you're trying to involve all the groups and you're trying to you know whether it's 
multi, you know, uh, you're a part of a multinational organization, big groups here and there, other sides of the country, other sides of the world. What's the difference, I guess, as you're delivering results and, and being a more, or is there a difference of being a, a sort of diplomatic leader and a sort of my way or the highway leader sort of you know you're you're you and there's times where i think for myself as a leader that you know what we've got to do it this way i appreciate you bringing that option to the table but primarily for the most part i want the options and i want to hear everybody's input but occasionally you've got to be like nope we've got to go this way i know something you don't know or whatever it is that's a that's a dichotomy that i'm always dealing with like how Explain a little bit about that. Help my, help me get through that struggle and, and my own leadership skills. Definitely. Uh, before we move into that, I want to say one thing about Silo because uh, very smart organizations actually I deliver webinars in some organizations to help them bust silos because a lot of organizations are suffering. Especially now, you mentioned you have a lot of people virtually. I would say even sometimes from outside of your shores, outside of your country, therefore, how could you be able to create that boundless organization? Therefore, you have to become a boundless organization. And as a leader, you are expected to bust silos and create that environment where you work with others and that requires you to have a skill of creating coalitions. That being said, what you mentioned is very, very critical. I would say this, the more you advance in your leadership, this is one of the struggles that you have. And the, the earlier you know about it, the earlier you have clarity, the more you become successful. Yes, there are times where you have to lead by consensus. Actually, I talked about this in the book, yes. But sometimes somebody as a leader, you have to take risk and go solo. You have, it's great if you do everything by consensus, but sometimes maybe you don't have the time. Maybe the people that you need to engage may not be around, you have to make a decision. That's one thing. Another thing is, yes, as much as possible, say yes, yes, yes but you have to have the courage to say no, even to your boss. And I can tell you that they may not like that, but they admire or respect you. And they expect you to actually say no when you're sure that their ideas, their decisions gonna hurt, not just you and your team, but the greater good and even themselves. And they always appreciate you. They may not like it. Therefore, this is what I tell to leaders. If you are not yet comfortable in saying, no, you're not yet a leader. But like you mentioned, when you say no, it should not be like emphatic no, 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 no. Especially with important people. You can't do that all the time and become successful. Think about your loved ones. You can't say this emphatic no, or your boss or key stakeholders and decision makers. You need to know how to say no diplomatically. Actually, I, in my workshops, I give people, actually I read it from one book, I forgot the name, the, the title of the book, but it's an acronym, USA. And I explained this to 
to my audience, telling them that, okay, your plate is full. You cannot take additional work. If your plate is not full, take it, do it. But if your plate is full and you have to say no, because if you don't say no, quality may be compromised. You may miss deadline. You may burn out. Your team may go down. You don't want to do that. And therefore, you have to let your boss know your situation and give them options. So you stands for help them understand your situation, how your plate is full. S stands for explain the situation, like which projects you're working on, what happens if you take an additional task or project. And then the last A, give them alternatives. You could tell them that, okay, which of these projects you wanna me delay or delegate to someone to take this one? Or do you wanna take this task, this project to somebody else because my plate is full. Now, what you did was you said no, but very diplomatically helping your boss to have options. If you know how to do that, you'll be successful. But a lot of leaders, they burn out and quit because they don't know how to say no. They, they are very successful and leaders consciously, most, most of the time unconsciously, they keep on going to the people who deliver, the people who do quality work without knowing consciously that they are burning them out. Unless you tell them they don't know that. Unless you give them options, they don't know that. Therefore, we need to help our bosses by letting them know that our plate is full. And we should not say, oh, no, I'm not taking this uh, project. You always come to me. You, you're stressing me out. You're not dividing responsibilities to every, everyone equally. Don't blame them. Actually, you have to be even thankful. I always tell people, when your boss comes to you to give you assignments, yeah, you may be overloaded, but remember, they like you, they appreciate you, they admire you. So the first thing you should say, thank you for giving me this opportunity. I know you have confidence on me. Let me explain to you my situation and explain to them. Yeah, it might even allow them to go, okay, wow, we need to get that individual some more help so that we can get them on this better project or more exciting, more valuable project. Exactly, but what you see is that a lot of people, they burn out, Without telling their bosses, they quit or they give different reasons and Throw they walk up their away. Hands, right? You're just like, that's walk, it. I'm done. They I'm walk away. Done. They walk away. But that's not fair for their boss. It's not fair for their organization. No. If they knew how to say no diplomatically and tactically, they wouldn't find themselves in that situation. Especially, this is important to protect your team. You don't want to overwhelm your team your team, you have to know how to communicate diplomatically with your bosses and decision makers where you are and give them alternatives. And they are smart people and they care about the greater good in the organization. They don't wanna burn you out. They don't wanna break your back. Oh, I love it. These conversations are so good. Uh, again, thank you. This is sort of wrapping up episode two. We got one more episode coming up, but um, you know, as we sort of cover these three things, the first one uh, was know your own place, how to know when you're ready to lead. This one that we just wrapped up was delivering results, how to, how to act as a leader. Uh, the next one's gonna be articulating a little bit more of the developing of a leader and then getting somebody to fill in that spot. Um, but again, uh, AZ, thank you so much for being a part of our podcast. And our podcasts are again released on the first and third Wednesday of each month. So set those reminders and be in the know. And